back here at Shea Stadium. It looks like we won't have a second ball game because banners are still all over the playing field, and boy, me, it's a mighty colorful. Pictures, we take a look down as the banners stream around the outside perimeter of the ballpark. This is Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Jay Stadium. And we will have a second ball game as the starting pitchers are warming up. It's going to be Dick Ellsworth pitching for Chicago. Dick pressed in the service because Ernie Burleo, the scheduled pitcher for the Cubs, came up with a sore right elbow. Ellsworth with a fine record this year. He has won 12 ball games and lost 14. And going for the New York Mets, their newcomer, Dennis Ryburn. Dennis was Dennis with a record of one win and one loss. His last time out, a fine shutout as he struck out ten batters. So while they continue their parade on around by home plate, here are the starting lineups for the second game. For the Chicago Cubs, Jim Stewart will lead off and play second base. Batting second, playing right field, Doug Clemens. Batting third in left field, Bill Williams. Bill has hit in ten consecutive ball games. Batting fourth and playing third base, Ron Santo. Batting fifth at first base, Len Gabrielson. Batting in the sixth position in center field, Billy Cowan. Batting seventh and catching, Jim Schaefer. The eighth batter will be the shortstop, Andre Rogers. And on the mound, batting ninth, Dick Ellsworth. Cubs now have a record of 57 wins and 66 losses. Nuts and Cubs have played. Eight ball games here in Shea Stadium, and they stand all even at four apiece. And this final game here, the second game of the doubleheader between the Cubs and the Mets, will decide the championship between these two clubs right here in Shea. The team, the National League Express, none other than the New York Mets, and an animated banner as they have a little vapor hand moving around in back of a picture of Casey Stengel. For the New York Mets, it'll be Bobby Klaus leading off and playing third base. Batting second and playing second base, Ron Hunt. The third batter will be Joe Christopher in right field. Batting fourth, George Altman, who scored the tie-breaking run in the bottom half of the tenth inning. George will be playing in left field. Batting fifth in center field, Jim Hickman. The sixth batter will be the shortstop, Charlie Smith. Batting seventh, Ed Greenpool, the hero of the first ball game. His single with the bases loaded in the tenth won the game for the Mets 2-1. to one. Ed will be at first base. Batting eighth and catching Chris Canizero and Dennis Wyman, the pitcher, will bat ninth. Now the New York Mets run out on the field, and they have a banner for the crowd here. Let's see what it says. Bringing it out now as they roll it out, it shows a picture of nine Mets to all of, as it comes on out, the Mets fans... You are the greatest. And this batter carried out by seven bad players. And the final one, Rob Keneal, dropping the end of it, and it fell down. But it says, you are the best fans. You are the greatest. Well, as a fitting climax, climax to Banner Day, the Mets returning the courtesy with a banner of their own for their fans. This banner a good hundred feet long and stretched all the way from first base to second. Well, the banners are off the field. The umpires for the second ball game getting sent to go out to home plate. It'll be Shag Crawford at the plate behind first base. Will be Ed Bargo behind second. Al Foreman in the third base umpire, Bill Jagowski. 
And now they're announcing the winners of the contest. And we'll see if we can pick up the action on the field. First prize, Ray. Second prize, Santa Claus is now a Met. Two-man category. First prize, extremism in defense of the Mets is no vice. In a one-man category, the first prize was the simple word, pray, P-R-A-Y. So in the more than one category, extremism in defense of the Mets is no vice. Prizes being judged by the New York sports writers. Pretty tough decision here because we had untold banners at the ballpark. Now, uh, placard looking like a baseball being carried out on the field and tears running out of the eyes of the face painted on the baseball like the portrayal of the little Mets. Ball game still being held up here at Shea Stadium as we try to dissolve and resolve the winners of the Banner Day attraction between the two ball games. There's another sign that won a prize is the Met Dynasty crumbling. Two big question marks. There'll be a complete report on the prize winners in the daily newspapers. We Try Harder, We're Only Number 10. There's another one of the winners. It's really been a lot of fun. And another prize winner was Wilbur Huckle for president. Now, if you don't know who Wilbur Huckle is, you're just as well off. Wilbur is one of the minor league farm players in the Mets organization, the shortstop for that matter. Photographers taking pictures of the winning banners right down here. <laughs> and one of the boys who was carrying the two-men banner finally got out to the stands, out of the stands, out of the field. They're really a happy bunch of boys. Now, another winner coming out of the stands, two-man category. Having a little, little trouble unfolding the banner as one of the boys has a hot dog and also a Coke in one of his hands. This banner is number 619, so you can imagine how many they had here during the ceremonies. Participation in the second annual Banner Day. Your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, 
another 30 minutes for the game being announced. Mets playing the Chicago Cubs for the final time here at Shea Stadium. Mets go on a short road trip. They go to Cincinnati and then Chicago. Come back home to play against the San Francisco Giants. Mets will return home on September 1st to play a night game against the Giants on Tuesday. They'll also have a night game against San Francisco on Wednesday, the 2nd of September, and then follow with a ladies' day game final appearance for the Giants on Thursday. After the Giants, a Friday night doubleheader with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That game will be started at 6 o'clock. Then a night game on Saturday night, the final night game on Saturday of the 1964 season. Dodgers playing that night. And a single day game on Sunday. Game time for that one will be at 2 o'clock. Night game, incidentally, will start at 8 o'clock. After the Dodgers leave town, a doubleheader scheduled on Labor Day with the Houston Colts 45. Mets will then have the 8th of September off and play Milwaukee a night game on the 9th and a single day game on the 10th and then take a road trip to Los Angeles, San Francisco and Houston and we return home against St. Louis and then follow that up with Cincinnati. Now Dennis Wyman taking his warm-up pitches out on the pitcher's mound. A little bit tough on the pitchers here today because they warmed up figuring the game to start at the scheduled time of 20 minutes to 5. So they have cooled off and now Dennis is warming up for the second time preparatory to starting the ball game. Manager Casey Single coming out with his lineup card. Mets winning the second game of the three-game series now playing the fourth. First game saw strategy pulled all the way around by Bob Kennedy and also by manager Casey Singel with Casey coming out on top when Ed Cranepool, a left-hand batter, single with the bases loaded against the left-hand pitcher, Lee Gregory. First game of the series was won by the Mets by a score of 7 to nothing when Jack Fisher went 9 innings, gave up no runs and allowed 7 base hits. Fisher was the fifth pitcher for the Mets in succession to go all the way and pick up a win as the Mets extended their win streak to five consecutive ball games. They lost the second game three to two as Larry Jackson stopped their winning streak, and the losing pitcher in that game was Gary Kroll. Gary looked impressive on the mound for the Mets as he worked a total of six innings, gave up three runs, allowed six base hits. But during his sin on the mound, he struck out eight, and he gave up five of the six base hits in the fifth and sixth innings when he was tiring. Cubs won it 3-2, to two, scoring three runs in the fifth inning off Gary Cole. Mets bounced back to win in ten innings, the third ball game, 2-1, to one, as the winning pitcher was Bill Hunter, his second win of the year. He has lost one. Bill worked two-thirds of the tenth inning to pick up the win. It was his 25th appearance on the mound. Now the Mets have taken the field, and before we start this ball game, we'll pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Shea Stadium. The ball game about to get underway. For the Mets defensively, Ed Greenpool at first base, at second base, Ron Hunt, the shortstop is Charlie Smith, the third baseman, Bobby Cross. The catcher, Chris Cannizzaro. In the outfield, George Altman in left field, Jim Hickman in center field, and Joe Christopher in right. On the mound, Dennis 
Ryman and his first pitch of the ballgame to the leadoff batter, Jimmy Stewart. And the pitch is popped in the air in the shallow left field. High in the air, giving George Altman time to get to it, and he makes the catch. So this ball game has started just like the first game of the doubleheader. The first pitch hit by the leadoff batter for and out. That'll bring up Doug Clemens, the right fielder. Stewart batting 244 before flying out to left field. Doug Clemens coming on batting 247. Dennis Ryburn with a record of one win and one loss. This is his fourth appearance, his second start for the New York Mets. He was 8-2 at Denver in the Pacific Coast League. And his first pitch is hit looped in the right field. A slow start by Christopher. He comes on, drops the ball, kicks it into center field. And going to second base is Doug Clemens. Well, currently picked up by Ron Hunt after he had juggled it. And they're scoring that a two-base hit. Joe Christopher got a very late start on the ball and then tried to come on and catch it. He got the glove on it and it went off his glove and he hit it with his knee, ball bouncing about 200 feet away, and Ron Hunt picked it up in center field. Joe now taking time to go back to his right field position, and while he's doing so, he is checking his left hand. He might have jammed a thumb or a finger on that play. It scored a two-base hit. The misjudged fly ball in right field. Cubs pick up the first hit of the ball game, and now the batter is Bill Williams. Left-hand batter, and he takes the first pitch high and outside. It's ball one. Williams is batting 331, second in the National League batting race. Now time is called as Gus Marsh is going out to check on Joe Christopher in right field. Joe is still having some difficulty. Gus having to run all the way out to right field. Christopher just standing in his normal spot. Now Gus arriving and checking out the right hand of Joe Christopher. And Joe, now having his injured hand service with the freezing medicine that they use to more or less take the sting out of the injury. This is not done to keep a ball player in the game. If he were injured to the extent that he shouldn't play, they would always take him out of the ball game. It only deadens the pain and temporarily relieves any suffering that the ball player might have. It's certainly, certainly a good device for helping your personnel, and now Joe is evidently okay, and Gus is going to go out by the bullpen exit, as that is much closer than the dugout. Joe staying in the ballgame. At the end of three, San Francisco two, St. Louis nothing. Ray Sadecki on the mound for the Cardinals, Gaylord Perry pitching for the Giants. At the end of four, the Dodgers won Cincinnati nothing. O'Toole pitching for the Reds. Ortega going for the Dodgers. Now time is in. The pitch back to the plate is outside for ball two. And Chris Canizero goes out to the pitching mound. Chris now back behind home plate. Two ball, no strike count on Bill Williams. Bill with 26 home runs to lead the club. He has driven in 70 runs. 
Takes a 10-game batting streak into this ball game. Now the pitch to the plate. Fouled back in the screen. Just over the top of it. It's strike one. and one strike. Doug Clemens at second base. One man out top of the first inning. And the pitch back to Williams. Just a little bit low for ball three. Three balls and one strike. Dennis Robbins, 22 years of age, 5'11", 165 pounds, from Hamilton, Ontario. He was raised in Detroit, married a girl from Canada. Next pitch it off the end of the bat, down to third, a twisting ground ball, picked up by Bobby Klaus. He holds the runner at second base, throws the first to Cranebull. He is out at first, and Cranebull fires down to second. And the throw arrives just a little bit too late as the Mets just missed getting Doug Clemens at second base. That was a hard chance for the third baseman as the ball was spinning off the end of the bat on down to third. Now with two away, the batter will be Ron Santo. Ron batting 327, no hits in the first game, 24 home runs and 90 runs battered in. Last year, Ron drove in 99 runs, and he leads the National League in RBIs up to this point. Right-hand batter, the first pitch is low and inside, ball one. One ball, no strikes. Two men away, top of the first. Dennis Robin. A look at second base and back to the plate with a curveball. It's outside. Two balls, no strikes. Two balls, no strikes. Sign given to the pitcher by Chris Catazero. And the pitch back to Sano is in there for a call strike. Fastball just above the knees. Terry Crawford, the umpire behind home plate. Ed Vargo at first base. Al Foreman, the umpire at second base. Bill Joukowsky, the umpire at third. Robert at 2-1. And a hard swing at a breaking pitch. Break two. Pitch on the outside corner, and Ron Sano going around with a hard swing. Count evens out at two balls and two strikes, and on the swing, Sano kicks some dirt in the plate, and Chad Crawford is dusting the plate off. Warm, summery afternoon. Right at this moment, the sun has gone behind some clouds. And a 2 2 delivery backhanded low and outside by Chris Catazero. And the count fills the three balls and two strikes with Len Gabrielson, the left-hand batter, on deck. Cubs batting in the top of the first. They have a runner at second base on a two-base hit. And the 3-2 delivery popped up in the air back of home plate. It'll go out of play. Bouncing out of the fourth deck on down into the lower box seats. And lucky spectator with a souvenir baseball. 
Start of this game delayed 20 minutes due to the banners that paraded on the field. Somewhere around 700 banners shown between games. Boy, that's brought a boom to the sheet market. Some of the banners big enough for sale. 3-2 pitch and on the ground. Backhanded by Charlie Smith. A long goal to first and not in time. He was a pinch hitter in the first ball game and doubled and scored the time run for Chicago when they tied the ball game up in the seventh inning. Abelson with two home runs and 14 runs better than And the first pitch. Down low for ball one. One ball, no strike. Now Ed Greenbull giving the sign that he's going to play behind the runner at first base. Extending his defensive position by about three steps. Pitch back to the plate is outside for ball two. Two balls and no strike. Dennis Ryburn asking for a new ball. Dennis off to... A shaky start. Now it runners at first and third on two very doubtful plays. Two balls, no strikes. And the next pitch. Hard smash to first, knocked down by Cranepool. He's over to pick it up and foul territory. The throw to first base is in time. Gableson knocks over... Ryman as he moves on down the line and a play made on a good play by Dennis Ryman. A hard one-off smash that Cranepool knocked down. The ball rolled about 30 feet away in foul territory. Cranepool went over to pick it up and Ryman hustling off the mound got to first base just in time and he completed the play and that retires his drive. In the inning, no runs, two hits, no errors. Two men left on base and the score at the end of one-half inning the Cubs nothing, the New York Mets coming to bat. Now here's the music that says, Rheingold got it cold. There's a lot of living being done, a lot of living and a lot of fun. Where to be lovers be? Rheingold is as good for your taste as it is for your thirst 
because it's brewed extra dry. Bobby Klaus at first base. 
And the pitch is low and inside, a breaking pitch, ball three. Ball dug out of the dirt by the catcher, Jim Schaefer. Ellsworth was scheduled to pitch the Houston game. Cubs go to Houston right after this ball game for a series there. Ernie Brolio was the scheduled pitcher for the second game. He came up with a sore elbow. Now a fastball in for strike one. Three balls and one strike. Bobby Krauss edging off at first base. He goes. The pitch is taken low and inside ball four. And the Mets now have base runners at first and second. Krauss moving down on the 3-1 pitch. And Joe Christopher getting first base on the walk. That brings up George Altman. George scoring the winning run in the first ball game in the 10th inning after a double to right field. George batting 222. Five home runs and 31 runs battered in. A left-hand batter. Let's have two left-hand batters in the starting lineup. Ed Cranepool and George Altman. And the first pitch is slider in the outside corner for a strike. And Jim Schaefer now running the ball back to the pitcher's mound to talk with Dick Ellsworth. Final score, Baltimore 7, Chicago 3. Baltimore increasing their league over the Chicago White Sox. Their lead now is at two and a half games. Winning pitcher was Wally Bunker, his 13th win against only three losses. Losing pitcher was Fisher. He came in the ball game in the fourth. Baltimore 7 runs, 12 hits. Chicago 3 runs, 6 hits, and no home runs in the ball game. Yankees defeated Boston 4-3, so they pick up a full game on the White Sox. Brown ball hit by... George Altman down toward the first base side. Coming off the mound is Dick Ellsworth. He picks it up, looks around, and has to go to first base. Moving to third is Bobby Krauss. On down to second, Joe Christopher. And now the Mets will have Jim Hickman coming up. Jim had one hit and four times up in the first ball game, batting at 246 now. Right hand batter. Yankees now only three games behind the Chicago White Sox. They still trail Baltimore by five and a half games. First pitch to Hickman is taken low and outside. It's ball one. Jim with nine home runs and 44 runs batted in. Ellsworth taking the sign. Now asking for another set. No score in the game. Two men out. Bottom half of the first. Mets with runners at second and third. And the pitch is hit slowly on the ground down to short. Andre Rogers comes in, digs it out, throws the first base for the out to retire the side. No runs, one hit. No errors, a walk, and two men left on base. And the score at the end of one. Chicago nothing, the New York Mets. Nothing. Well, don't forget about our extra ball game tomorrow. The game will be on radio only, and it'll be the New York Mets against the New York Yankees. The second time these two teams have met in the New York area. 
And the proceeds for the game going to the Sandlot Baseball Fund here in New York. It's the Mayor's Trophy game. Game time will be at 8 o'clock. And general admission seats and plenty of them will be on sale at 5.45 right here at the ballpark tomorrow night. Rain checks from the originally scheduled game of June 15th will admit you to the ballpark along with your tickets that you didn't use for that date of June 15th. So dig them out and come on out as the Mets take on the Yankees in the Mayor's Trophy game. Mets won the first game in Yankee Stadium and all indications point to a real gala event right here tomorrow night. Wouldn't be a bit surprised to see a few harmonicas in the ballpark tomorrow night. Moving to the top of the second with a score tied, nothing, nothing. The first man up for the Cubs will be Billy Cowan, the center fielder. It'll be Billy Cowan, Jim Schaefer, and Andre Rogers against Dennis Ryman. Cubs had two hits in the first inning. But they left runners at first and third when Len Gableson hit a hot smash down to Eddie Cranepool, and Eddie turned it into an out as Dennis Ryman covered at first base on a great play. Eddie would not have been able to make that play had he been holding the runner on at first. He had just moved in back of the runner for some defensive room. Now the first pitch to Cowan, a hard swing and a foul ball, strike one. Billy asking for a towel. And it's being given to him by the on-deck batter, Jim Schaefer. Cowan batting 246. He has 16 home runs and 42 runs battered in. One strike to Lavria Curveball swung on a miss, strike two. Pitch was outside and Cowan went for it. Mets and Cubs playing their 14th ball game of the year. Here in Shea Stadium, all even at four feet. Each team winning four ball games. That's the final game between the Cubs and Mets right here at Shea. Two strikes of every slider outside and low at ball one. One ball, two strikes. And the next pitch, a fastball. Swung on a miss, strike three. First strikeout for Dennis Ryman. He picked up ten his last time up. Tied in the Mets high for their history. Jay Hook had done it twice before, and Jay was a teammate of Dennis's as they both pitched for the Denver Bears this year. That'll bring up Jim Schaefer. Schaefer, a right-hand batter, batting 241. And the first pitch is outside and low at ball one. Cowan with that strikeout has now struck out 115 times in 116 ball games. National League strikeout record, 136. A looping fly ball in the center field. Hickman moving in and he makes the catch. Outfielders here in this ballpark have quite a bit of difficulty picking the ball up off of the bat. Ball is more or less... In obscured by the fans behind home plate and it's very difficult to pick up until it gets high enough that it leaves the background that is the facade for the ball coming on out. Now Andre Rogers in the batter's box. Andre batting for the first time, batting 245. Right-hand batter. 
11 home runs and 40 runs bettered in. And he grounds the first pitch down the third, taken by Bobby Klaus. His third of first base in time by four steps to retire the side. So an easy inning after the first inning for Dennis Rabin. No runs, no hits, no errors. No one left on base. And the score at the end of one and a half. The Cubs nothing, the Mets nothing. You know, the real knowledgeable hitter will try to look over pitches until he gets the one that's right for him. You know, the same thing goes for filter cigarettes. Look them all over and you'll hit on Viceroy. Because Viceroy is scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong like some filter brands that taste as if they didn't have a filter. And not too light. Like others, you know the kind you keep smoking one after another trying to satisfy your taste. But Viceroy. Now that is a different story. Viceroy is not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. So fans, if you haven't already tried Viceroy, the time to do it is the very next time you buy cigarettes. Pick up that pack of Viceroy and see if you don't agree. Viceroy's not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right, Bob, and now the bottom half of the second. First man up will be shortstop Charlie Smith. Charlie will be followed by Eddie Cranville. And then the catcher, Chris Canizero. Nick Ellsworth taking his warm-up pitches on the mound. Every time you look at Dick, or at least every time I look at Dick, it reminds me very much of Paul Minner. Paul the pitch for the Cubs, also for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Dick built along the same lines, and he has the same actions, and he works very slowly on the mound. Dick has given up one hit in his one inning of work. Also has walked the batter, struck out none. Working to his sixth man here, Charlie Smith steps in. Charlie with 16 home runs leads the club in that department. He has 46 runs battered in. A right-hand batter. And he grounds the first pitch foul, a sinking fastball. Ball picked up by Don Hefton, the third base coach. Coaching at first base, West Western. West was given a nice compliment on our pregame show with Larry Jackson when he said the reason why he works so slowly on the mound is that he likes to change signals a lot to confuse West Westrom, who he, he regards as one of the best sign stealers in the game. Pitch to the plate, swung on and fouled back of the screen this time. Strike two. Charlie Smith batting 240. Now the windup and the two-strike delivery. High fastball. In a little bit tight. One ball, two strikes. Now the official word. There were 1,031 banners displayed between games, which accounts for some of the reasons why the game was started 20 minutes late. All those banners had to be paraded by and judged by the judges. Now the next pitch low at 12-2. Two. two balls and two strikes. Ellsworth into the windup and back to Charlie Smith. Let up, swung on and missed. The curveball breaking into the knees. A slow curve. And it's strike three. First strikeout for Dick Ellsworth. And that brings up Ed Cranepool, who won the first game with a single to left field with the bases loaded in the bottom half of the tenth.
Does get in a nice hand. He now has a total of 29 runs batted in. And he swings at a high curve and fouls it down in the dirt. Ball rolling over to the first base side at strike one. And batting 266. No score in this ball game. One out, bottom half of the second. First game was a scoreless game for the first two innings. The Mets scored their first run in the third. Cubs sat it up in the seventh. Mets won it in the bottom half of the tenth. Next pitch back is outside. A fastball. It's one ball and one strike. the 1-1 delivery. Curveball swung on, popped in the air, back of first base in foul territory. Then Gableson going back, and he tries to make the catch, and the ball drops on down. Then had some difficulty with some of the fans there, and one of the boys in the stands reaching out with his glove, and he sort of fell back on over the railing, and he was hacked back into the stands by the first baseman, Gableson. One ball, two strike can now in the foul ball as Ed Cranepool battles Dick Ellsworth. After Cranepool, the on-deck batter shows Chris Canazel. Now the pitch, a curveball looked at, strike three. Pitch down around the knees in the outside corner and Dick Ellsworth picks up his second strikeout. Two in a row. Now Chris Canazel comes up. Chris batting 309. He was 0 for 4 in the first ball game. Has three hits and 12 times up in the Cubs series. Chicago no runs, two hits. The Mets no runs, one. And a line drive to right, a base hit. Could go for two. Coming over is the right fielder, Doug Clemens. Canazero is going for two. A good throw to slide, and the tag is not in time. Fine throw by Doug Clemens. Doug going over by the foul line, had to come up with the ball one-handed, turn around, he made an accurate throw to second base. It was a perfect one-hop throw, and the tag was made just a little bit late by Andre Rogers. So the Mets have their second hit, and they have a base runner at second base with two men out, and the batter is Dennis Ryburn. Dennis has had no hits and five times up in the National League, but he appears to be a good-looking hitter for a pitcher. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter is a curveball low at ball one. Eight attendance here today, 27,008. Total attendance, 27,682. And the Mets now on 52 dates have drawn 1,398,689. Mets just about 200 short of the 1,400,000 mark. And the pitch back to the plate is a fastball in for a strike. Pitch right around the letters. One ball, one strike. When the Mets come home, they take on the Dodgers and the Giants. Giants first and the Dodgers. And that should see the attendance go up to about the million six mark. So another fine crowd on hand here today. 1-1 delivery hit hard down to second base. Moving over to take it on one hop to second baseman, Jim Stewart. His throw to first base retires the side. In the inning, no runs, one hit. 
no errors, one man left on base. And the score at the end of two, the Cubs nothing, the Mets nothing. Well, speaking of the series, when the Mets come on home, they'll take on the San Francisco Giants after a road trip to Cincinnati and Chicago, playing the Giants Tuesday night, September 1st, Wednesday night, September 2nd, and Thursday afternoon, Ladies' Day, September 3rd. On Friday, the Dodgers will show up, and they'll play against the Mets in the Twilight Doubleheader on September 4th, game time at 6 o'clock. Saturday will show a night game, game time at 8 o'clock, and Sunday a single-day game, all with the Dodgers. So, seven big games coming up when the Mets return home after the road trip to Cincinnati and Chicago, returning home on September 1st, Tuesday night. Now, as the lights come on here at Jay Stadium, we'll take time out to enlighten our audience as to station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Ralph Garner, along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Shea Stadium. We're in the top of the third inning with no score. Storm is still battled out right now by Dick Ellsworth of the Cubs, and he'll be the first batter against Dennis Ryman of the New York Mets. Ellsworth, a left-hand batter, batting at 0.56. He has four hits and 71 times up. After Ellsworth, the top of the batting order, Jim Stewart and then Doug Clemens. Dennis, the right-hander, looking for the sign from Chris Canizero. And the first pitch is the third. Fastball high and outside. It's ball one. Cubs had two hits in the first inning. One a misjudged fly ball in right field. The other was a doubtful hit to deep short or a very close play at first. Pitch back to the plate is ball two. Two balls and no strikes. In the second inning, Dennis Robin got the side out in order. Now he comes in with a fastball that's in the strike zone. Two balls and one strike. One strike. Ellsworth fouls the next pitch away. Strike two. Well, some of the banners, some of the plus 1,000 banners here in the ballpark displayed now back in the stands. 2-2 two, two pitch. Looked at. Strike three call. The slider on the inside corner. And Dennis Robin picks up his second strikeout. That'll bring up Jim Stewart for the second time. Jim, a switch hitter, batting left-handed against the right-hand pitcher, batting 244. Stewart hit the first pitch of the ball game, the left field. Ball caught by George Altman. And this time, he gets a curveball in the first pitch, and this time he takes. It's strike one. Dennis Rabin wearing number 17, the number of the ball player that he was traded for, Frank Larry. One strike delivery, fastball bounced down to first, taken by Cranepool. He throws to Rabin, covering at first base for the out. Ball was well hit, and Cranepool had to go to his right to make the play. He had the option of taking the bag by himself, and he took the sure way by going to the pitcher who was there ahead of him. 
Two away now in the top of the third, no score in the ball game. And Doug Clemens comes up. Doug had the first base hit of the game, a double to right field. Chicago with two hits, the Mets also with two base hits, no score. Clemens batting 251, a left hand batter. And he fouls the first pitch to left field on the left field side into the box seats at strike one. Mets now have won 41 games. Their first year in existence, they won a total of 40. Second year, they won 51. And a let-up hit down the first. Again taken by Ed Greenville. This time, he takes the play all the way, and that retires the side. One, two, three inning. And the score at the end of two and a half innings. Chicago nothing, the New York Mets nothing. Now here's music to stamp out first by. A 
Again, a let up, and this time the pitch is high and outside, ball two. Count even at two and two, with no one out in the bottom half of the third. and the next pitch hit in the center field ball high in the air Billy Cowan drifting back and two is left and he makes the catch one away in the bottom half of the third and the batter will be Ron Hunt Ron on a hit and run play flat out to center field his first time up Ron with his average at 3-11 five hits and 13 times up against the Cubs in the series Ron has driven in the number on his back, 33 runs. And he takes a curve that breaks half of the plate for ball one. One ball, no strike. Cubs, no runs, two hits. The Mets, no runs, two hits. One man out, bottom half of the third. And the pitch back is blown inside. Two balls and no strikes. Asworth is a surveyor on the mound. He goes in and out, up and down, takes a little off, adds a little bit on. Not too fast, but has marvelous control when he's right. 2-0 delivery. Fouled away, and the count now at two balls and one strike. Asworth last year had a great season. He won 22 and lost 10. 1962, he was 9-20, so he reversed a 20-game losing year into a 22-game winning year. Next pitch is hit in the air in the left field. Billy Williams moving to his left, and he makes the catch. Two men away, and that brings up Joe Christopher. Ellsworth, in switching the season from a 20-game loss season to a 20-game win season, became the first pitcher to do this in the National League since Paul Derringer did it back in 1934 and 19. 35. Derringer lost 20 and then came back to win 20 plus in 1935. Other pitchers who have done it are Hall of Famers. Ed Walsh, Cy Young, Walter Johnson, Ted Lyons. So it's the mark of being able to pitch a lot of ball games. First pitch to Joe Christopher, a called strike. Joe walked his first time up on five pitches. Batting a 314. Pitch back to the plate, a little bit low, it's ball one. One ball, one strike. Joe had an RBI in the first ball game, his 61st. He leads the club in that department. Four hits and 11 times up against the Cubs in the series. Now the 1-1 delivery. Taking a fastball right at the knees on the outside part of the plate. Strike two. One ball and two strikes with two men out, bottom half of the third. No score in the ball game. One two delivery, curveball hit down the third. A two hopper taken by Ron Sano. His throw to first base in time for the out that retires the side. So for the first time in the ball game, 
Dick Ellsworth works the side one, two, three, and the score at the end of three full innings. Chicago nothing, the New York Mets nothing. Well, if you haven't been out to Shea Stadium yet, hope you make it real soon because it's a real pleasure. Good idea would be to catch the World's Fair first and then we'll ride over to Shea on the same day. You can actually go to the fair, check out and go back to the fair if you want. They'll stamp your hand and you can go back on in. And also, one thing to remember, you get off at the same subway stop at the same time that you come out here. Another good idea would be to relax with a tall, cool, Rangold Extra Dry and then enjoy the ball game. Say, while you're at the fair, there's no better place to meet your friends than Rangold's little old New York. It's an authentic corner of New York City, just as it was back in 1904. You'll find the cool village green, great for relaxing, and you can enjoy a snack or meal and a refreshing Rangold Extra Dry at the Rangold Tavern. Or the smart Victorian-style restaurant or sidewalk cafe. And then off to Shea for the ball game. And wherever you are on the Rheingold Beat, at the fair, at Shea Stadium, at home, whenever things get thirsty, Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst. Rheingold after Rheingold. Well, we move through the first three with no score, and now to take you along the way on the play-by-play, once again, Bob Murphy. All right, Ralph, thank you very much. In the fourth inning... Dennis Rybant will be up against the middle of the Chicago Cub batting order. Billy Williams, Ron Sano, and Len Gabrielson. Dennis, a very nervous, aggressive type pitcher. Outstanding young competitor. Out of his wind appears the pitcher swinging a miss on a fastball. He challenged him. He threw the fastball right up in Billy's eyes, and he really went after it. Large banner hanging from the upper deck says, From the Polo Grounds to William Shea, we're with the Mets all the way. A little under the knees, one ball, one strike. Absolutely amazing number of banners appearing today in the contest. The parade between games, over 1,000, 1,031 by count. 1 1 delivery. An off-speed pitch taken low, two balls and a strike. Chris Canizero behind the plate in both games of the doubleheader. He gave way in the closing innings of the opening game when Jesse Gander went behind the plate. Now Ryback into his windup, 2-1 delivery. Too high, it's ball three, and the count goes to 3-1 and one on Billy Williams. Billy hitting at 3-30. 0-for-1 in this game was thrown out by Bobby Klaus, his only time at bat. one pitch. High fly ball hit to right center. It's deep, but Hickman has room. Back on the edge of the track. He's there. Makes the catch. One away and nobody on now. Before Ron Santo steps in, we step out for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. 810 on your dial, WGY and WGFM Schenectady. The voice of the Mets in the Northeast. And along the line, we apologize for misreading the clock. Pitch right in for a call strike. I looked out at the big clock on the scoreboard and thought it was 9.30. I bet you had guys jumping all over the place all through that network. I'll tell you that, Bob. They probably came flying out of their seats like lightning. Right. All of those who did a back somersault out of the chair are apologies. High fly ball at the right field. Christopher coming toward the right field line is under it, and he makes the catch. 
You know how you do things without thinking at times. I looked at that clock, Ralph, and I would have sworn it was 9.30. <laughs> and it could be, too. It may be before we get through. Now two outs and nobody out, and the hitter is Lynn Gabrielson. Well, that's why they put erasers on pencils. Gabrielson, tall, rangy, left-hand hitter. He's strong, and the Mets play him deep and around toward right. Gabrielson grounded out. He's only time up. Dennis Ryback into the windup. The pitch, fastball, letter high, strike called on the inside corner. Well, we're one ahead, Ralph. I guess we don't have to make the next one. Now the pitch throw. Smash foul going down the right field line. No play. Mayor's Trophy game tomorrow night. We'll be on the air with the broadcast of the Mets-Yankee game at 7.55. No television coverage tomorrow night. Following tomorrow night's game, the Mets fly to Cincinnati and play Hudson the Reds on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Two-strike delivery, curve inside and low. count one and two on Lynn Gabrielson. Dennis Ryabat winding, down comes his pitch. Inside and a high, it's even at two and two. Minnesota Twins with Don Mincher hitting a grand slam in the eighth inning to tie the game, then got one in the ninth inning and beat Detroit today six to five. Bill Price, the winner in relief, and Fred Gladding, the loser in relief. Tigers had a five to one lead in that ball game, but Don Mincher hit a grand slam in the eighth and the Twins won it in the ninth inning. Ground ball hammered toward Ron Honey. Plays the hop, straightens up, throws to Crane, pull the side is out. Another one, two, three inning for Dennis Ryback. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. And the score at the end of three and a half innings. The Chicago Cubs nothing, the New York Mets nothing. against left-hander Dick Ellsworth. George Altman and Eddie Cranepool are the left-hand hitters in the batting order against Southpaw Dick Ellsworth. Mets won the opening game 2-1 to one in 10 innings on a clutch hit by Ed Cranepool. He was hitting against a left-hander in Lee Gregory. Nobody on, nobody out. Last half of the fourth inning. Each team has two hits. 
a well-pitched doubleheader. Have a pitch to George. Right in for a call, strike one. Jim Hickman on deck. Then Charlie Smith. They're playing George deep and around toward right. A breaking ball, low outside, one ball and one strike. The air has been heavy today. We've had a very high humidity. In the opening ball game, Altman came up hitting for Galen Sisko, who had hurled eight superb innings. Made a bid to give Galen a victory with a high, long drive to right field, but the ball simply is not carrying today the way it normally does, and the ball was caught on the warning track. He bumps one out in front of the plate, racing after it. The plate of first base, save! He beats it out of base hit. George really runs well for a man whose power is six feet four above the ground. Earlier this year, he had helped Galen Sisko win a ball game by stretching a single into a double. And in the ball game today, in the tenth inning, he stretched a single into a double and later came in with a winning run when he was singled home by Eddie Cranebrew. Now Altman has punted for a base hit, leading off the last of the fourth inning. Jim Hickman is up. Curve on the inside corner, strike one call. Jim 0 for 1 in this game has grounded out short to first. Now Ellsworth off the stretch. There goes the runner. Hit and run. Ryan drive. Looped into left. A base hit. Altman's going to third. Here's the throw by Billy Williams. The side. Save. Throw first base. Out of first base. Ron Sano whipped the ball across the diamond to Lynn Gabrielson. And Jim Hickman is out trying to get back. Mets playing hit and run. They made a gel on a base hit to left by Hickman. Altman racing from first to third and beating a throw from Billy Williams on a close play. And Ron Sano, a tremendous all-around performer, immediately fired an accurate strong throw across the diamond to Gabrielson. They get Jim Hickman. Now the Mets have Altman on third, one out, and the Cubs bring the infield in. Boy, that was fast reacting on the part of Cub third baseman Ron Sano. Altman went from first to third on the hit-and-run single to left field, and he really had to open both jets to make it. Here's the pitch on the way. Hit on the ground, up the middle by Charlie Smith, a base hit. Altman is in the score, and the Mets lead one to nothing. Field drawn in. Charlie Smith hit a well-placed, not sharply hit grounder right up the middle for a single. Driving home, George Altman and the Mets take the lead, one to nothing. For Charlie, his 47th run batted in. Now Eddie Cranepool comes up. First run of the game. Mets lead, one nothing. Now the pitch to Cranepool off the outside corner. One ball and no strikes. Three hits in a row. But a quick play by Ron Sano took Jim Hickman off the baselines. Now Vic Ellsworth, with the runner on first, delivers to the plate and picks off the outside corner to a left-hand hitter. One ball, one strike. Eddie knocked in the winning run, George Altman, in the 10th inning of the first game today. 
Cubs had intentionally walked Hunt and Christopher to pitch to the left-hander with the left-hander on the mound. Now the 1-1 delivery. Line drive caught by Sato. He's got a double play in the making. Throws to first. This side is out. Oh, what a play by Ron Sato. Boy, this fellow can play third base. He is a real superstar. That was a wicked low-line drive, and Sato made a head-first dive to his left. A glove hand grab caught the ball in the air just before it hit the ground, then got up and rifled across the diamond for a double play. And Ron Sato really saved the bacon for Chicago. The Mets certainly had a big inning in the making had it not been for the one-man work of Ron Sano, the Cubs third baseman. No telling how many runs Sano saved there. One run, three hits. No errors, none left on. At the end of four, the score of the Mets one and the Cubs nothing. Following their brief road trip to Cincinnati and Chicago, they play the Cubs next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Let's return to Shea Stadium for a tremendous week of baseball. The week prior to the youngsters returning to school. On Tuesday night, September 2nd, the Giants are in. Starting a week of baseball that features the Giants and the Dodgers and winds up on Labor Day with a doubleheader on the traditional day for baseball between the New York Mets and the Houston Colt 45s. While the Mets are on the road, tickets will be on sale at the advanced sale window here at Shea Stadium. For your convenience in Midtown Manhattan, both East Side and West Side, Grand Central Station, and the Long Island Railroad waiting room of Penn Station. On Long Island in Huntington, the gateway to Suffolk County and the Walt Whitman Shopping Center at Macy's. Billy Cowan is up against Dennis Ryben. A swing and a miss on that hard slider. Strike one. Ryben into his windup. Now the pitch thrown. Low and outside. One ball and one strike. Dennis doesn't waste a moment on that mat. He is ready to go when Canizaro returns it. Lights are on. The second game is in inning number five. The Mets bidding for a sweep, and they lead here one nothing. Curve is looped foul off the end of the bat over into the crowd beyond the Mets dugout. One ball and two strikes. Well, to me, this has been the most exciting seven days of baseball with the New York Mets in their three years. They have certainly received, by far and away, their best week of pitching. Mets are the only team in either major league this year to receive five straight complete pitch ball games. All victories. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Billy Cowan is found by Ryback. And right here we pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner. It's the fifth inning here at Shea Stadium. Cub batter now is the catcher, Jim Schaefer. He flied to center his first time up. Schaefer, right-hand hitter. Foul ball back into the screen. Strike one. Well, as old as would say, the humility has been high today. 
Tom Edge and the pitchers taking their turns on the mound have dropped eight or nine pounds in a hurry. One strike pitch. Foul ball back over our broadcasting booth. No play. One out and nobody on in the fifth inning. And Ryan Band now with a two-strike count on Jim Schaefer. Andy Rogers, the number eight hitter for Chicago, is in the on-deck circle. Hickman sets defensively at an angle around toward left center. Low and outside, one ball and two strikes. The air has seemed to such at times today that it could be slashed with a cake knife. Now Schaefer cocks the bat off the right shoulder. Looks at a curve that's outside on the count even. Two balls, two strikes. Mets playing straight away against Jim Schaefer with the outfield a couple of strides to left. Ball three, the hard slider low and away on the count now is full at three balls and two strikes. Dennis has remarkable control for a young pitcher. Now the pitch on the way. Foul ball, it will not be playable. Back comes Canizero, mask in hand, but he has to turn and go back toward the plate. It's in the crowd. Dennis Rybat, in shutting out the Pittsburgh Pirates last Monday afternoon with a four-hitter, did not walk a batter and struck out ten. Got his 10th strike out for the final out of the ball game to put his name into the Mets record book, tying in the previous high. Now the payoff pitch to Schaefer. He reaches for it and pops it up, and this one, I believe, is playable. Back comes Canizero. Near the dugout, he's got it. Two men away, Schaefer goes out on a pop foul back toward the Cub dugout. Now Andy Rogers coming up. He was thrown out by Bobby Klaus in the second inning. Bobby had a busy day in the field in the opening ball game. First time through the batting order, he threw out four of the nine Cubs. Crowd today of better than 27,000, and there were over 1,000 banners on parade. Now Ryband goes over the head, around comes the arm. Fastball in off the point of the shoulder. One ball and no strikes on Andy Rogers. Ryband will be working hard trying to get Andy Rogers. He'd like to have the pitcher leading off in the next inning. Next pitch by Dennis. Foul ball. Comes right up into the press level into the booth to our right. When Dennis Ryband shut out the Paris last Monday afternoon, at the start of the game, he retired the first 11 hitters. 1-1 pitch. High fly ball to right field. It's playable. Moving off a little bit to his right is Christopher. He draws a beat on it and puts it away. The side is out. So for the fourth straight inning, the side goes out 1-2-3. No runs, no hits, no errors, and then left on. We've come halfway in the nightcap and the score at the end of 4.5. The New York Mets won... The Chicago Cubs nothing.
Now let's listen to the sound of the Rangoe beat. safely in 13 of the last 16 ball games he's caught. Well, in that airtight pitching duel in the opening ball game, one of the big plays in the game was a pitch out by Canizero in which he nailed the runner and it was a big play in the ball game. Down comes the pitch to Chris, an off-speed pitch taken outside. In the eighth inning, he nailed Billy Williams when he sensed the fact that the play would be on and called for a pitch out. A little bit high on the count, two balls and a strike. Not once, but on about four separate occasions during this hot streak with the New York Mets, Canizero has called for a pitch out at just the right time and then nailed the runner. Two-one delivery. Line drive hammered into left field, a base hit. Take on a hop by Billy Williams, and Canizero continues his lusty hitting. Actually, for New York, that's four straight hitters that have really hit the ball hard against Ellsworth. Altman got things going when he bunted his way on in the fourth inning. Then the next three men are Pickman, Smith, and Crane, who all hit the ball hard. And now Canizero, leading off the fifth inning, has hit the ball hard. Dennis Ryabat is the batter, and the Cubs now defense against the bunt. Sano in close at third. Bunt it off to play a Baltimore chop in foul territory. Take it in the foul area by Jim Schaefer. No play, and a one-strike count on Dennis Ryabat. Mets hoping to sweep a doubleheader if they can. They will have won seven of their last eight ball games. the only loss being 3-2 to two yesterday afternoon. 
Today, the Phillies beat the Pirates 9-3. And the second-place Cincinnati Reds have been beaten by the Dodgers 1-0 on Phil Ortega's three-hitter. Jim O'Toole losing. He's now 13-6. Outside the high, Gunner squared around to bunt, then drew the bat back as though he wanted to take that short swing. Cincinnati started the day six and a half games out. That drops them now seven and a half games back behind the Phillies. Giants lead St. Louis two to one. They're in the top of the eighth inning in San Francisco. Ron Herbel has relieved Gaylord Perry. He bunts it foul into the dirt right by home plate. The count one ball and two strikes. St. Louis got a run during the pitching change in the eighth inning. And a home run by Lou Brock. That ties the game. The Cardinals and Giants now are 2-2 two two going to the last half of the eighth in San Francisco. Home run was off Ron Herbel, who relieved Gaylord Perry as far back as the fourth inning. Now let's see if Ryan that tries to bunt the third strike. Outside, he didn't square around. Two and two. If the Cardinals beat the Jazz, the Phillies will be riding high. They'll have a seven-and-a-half game lead over Cincinnati and eight-and-a-half game lead over the Giants. Two-two delivery. Ground ball hit toward the hole, and it's going through for a base hit. Venezuela will stop at second as Billy Williams plays it back in. That ball wasn't hit hard, but it was beautifully placed. Sano was playing even with the bag and wide of the line, and the ball was hit just beyond his reach. For Dennis Ryabat, his first Major League base hit. Now the Mets have runners at first and second. Nobody out. Top of the batting order and Billy Cla Bobby Klaus. Billy, the older brother who was around the American League for a half a dozen campaigns, now retired from baseball and living in Sarasota, Florida, the winter home of the Chicago White Sox. Sarasota, for a quarter of a century, was the winner home of the Red Sox. Once again, the Cubs have to look for the bunt. They shorten up at first and third. And the pitch. Bunted and popped in the air and foul ground. Over goes Sano, and he takes it for the out. Bobby was trying to steer that one. He knew what he was doing, but he failed to pull it off. He was trying to actually use about a half swing and get it beyond Ron Sano. One away, two men on. That brings up Ryan Hunt. Ryan has flied to center, flied to left. Nothing for two, batting at 310. Say, have you had your rain gold today? Enjoy one right now. Rain gold extra dry, the crisp, smooth, completely quenching beer. one and the Cubs nothing. We're in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Now the pitch to Hunt. Ground ball hammered toward the hole backhanded by Rogers. Thrown to second one. On to first. Not in time. Runners at the corners. Two men down. Brown has hit the ball well in this doubleheader but has had some good plays made against him. Now Joe Christopher coming up. Joe has drawn a walk, grounded out third to first. He drove in one of the two runs in the thrilling opening game victory. He drove in the first run for New York with a sacrifice fly. 
For Christopher, it was his 61st run batted in. Here's the pitch on the way. High fly ball into right field, not too deep. The right fielder, Doug Clemens, is there and puts it away for the out. That's threatened, but do not score in their half of the fifth inning. No runs, two hits. No errors, two left on. Now five complete. New York, one run, seven hits, and no errors. Chicago, no runs, two hits, and no errors. Tomorrow night, the Mayor's Trophy game, the Mets and the Yankees, at 8 p.m. Many of the Mets fans who are here tomorrow night will be picking up their third revised edition of the Mets yearbook at the concession stands. Yearbook also, for your convenience, may be purchased by mail by sending 50 cents to Mets yearbook, Shea Stadium, Flushing, New York. Be sure to enclose your name and address. Now Dick Ellsworth will lead off in the top of the sixth inning, batting for the second time. He was called out in the third inning. Low scoring, but a fast-moving and an exciting ball game here in the duel between Dennis Ryan and Dick Ellsworth. Now Ryan out of his windup pitches. Fastball, a strike on the inside corner. Well, it was Galen Sesco who started off the string of pitching successes last Sunday against the Philadelphia Phillies when he cooled off the league leaders. Inside the high, one ball and one strike. The Mets used six different starting pitchers, starting with Galen Sisko's win over Philadelphia last Sunday. They lost only one after winning five straight complete games by the pitching staff. They lost three to two yesterday. Lined in the air to center field, Jim Hickman galloping in. He's under it. Makes the catch one man down. Ellsworth retires. So this is the eighth consecutive ball game in which Casey has received outstanding pitching. Galen Sisko in eight innings of the opener today allowed only four base hits. Galen left the game in favor of a hitter with a score tied one to one. One away and nobody on. Now the leadoff batter, Jim Stewart, the left-handed batting second baseman. It was Stewart who tied up the first ball game with a sacrifice fly. He was appearing as a pinch hitter. Fastball taken high. One ball, no strikes. Foul ball back over the screen into the crowd. No play. One ball, one strike. Jimmy Stewart has flied to left. Grounded out. Eddie Crane pulled to Ryband covering it first. When Dennis shut out the Pirates, he retired the first 11 hitters. And then in the last part of the ballgame, retired the last 12. Towering pop-up to short left field. George Altman comes in. Now he's standing under it waiting. He has it two men down. Two up and two set aside by Dennis Rybant. That brings up Doug Clements. Well, it appears the way Ryban has the faculty for putting together a long string of consecutive batters retired someday before he hangs them up, he may quite, may make quite a run in a perfect game. He had strings of 11 and 12 in the Pirate game last Monday. Two outs and nobody on. Doug Clemens, the hitter, he has one of the two hits given up by Ryban, a double to right. 
Foul tip, no play, strike one. That one struck the iron mask of Chris Canizaro. Two outs and nobody on in the sixth inning. Now they want a new ball to work with, and the ball returned by Shag Crawford is a bad throw. No damage done. It gives Dennis Ryback on a hot day a chance to catch his breath. Now Dennis over the head. Down comes the arm. Inside and high. He made him move his head in a hurry on that one. One ball, one strike. After a five-day road trip, the Mets come home for three, four, and three. High fly, hit toward the left field line. George Altman just easing over that way is there and makes the catch. Another one, two, three inning for Dennis Rybat. He has now retired 16 consecutive hitters. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. At the end of five and a half innings, the score of the Mets won and the Cubs nothing. Bottom half of the sixth inning, George Altman leads off against left-hander Dick Ellsworth. And George has scored the only run of the ball game. He got it going with a bunt single in the fourth inning. On a hit-and-run play, Jim Hickman moved him around to third, and he came in to score on a base hit by Charlie Smith. Dick Ellsworth, six-foot-four-inch left-hander, swings out of the windup. Now the pitch. Foul ball back over the press level and out of play. Strike one. get as many oohs and eyes when a spectator, one of the grandstand outfielder, boots one as you do when it takes place on the field. Now the one-strike delivery. High fly ball hit deep to right field. Back to the track is Doug Clemens. It's going. He jumps, and he makes the catch, I believe. Oh, he can't tell. No, he couldn't get it. A home run. hitting a towering fly ball, his sixth home run of the year. That fly ball on the downward flight dropped just in behind the right field wall at the 358-foot mark. Clemens, the right fielder, put his back to the wall, leaped as high as he could, and the way he played it coming down from the jump, it appeared he had cut it. So we're in error and apologize. The ball dropping in behind the right field wall for a home run. The thing that made it so difficult is that the ball was coming down, dropping right straight down, and just had the distance to clear the wall. So close that Clemens leaped as high as he could with his back to the wall, thinking he was going to catch it. Now the Mets lead 2-0, a one-strike count on Jim Hickman. Lined hard to left field, a base hit by Jim, his second in a row. Ball played back in by Billy Williams, and the Mets now have Hickman on first base, and coming up, Charlie Smith. Well, George Altman has hit six home runs this year. 
He was held up a great deal the first half of the year due to various ailments. Interestingly enough, three of the six hit by George have been off left-handers. Biggest all year was the one he hit off Billy Pierce at Candlestick Park, a three-run homer, to give the Mets a come-from-behind 4-2 victory. One ball and no strikes to Charlie Smith. Charlie drove in the first run of the ball game with a single to center with the infield drawn in. It scored George Altman. Next pitch by Ellsworth. Low and inside, ball two. Well, the last three innings, the Mets have hit Dick Ellsworth hard. Great fielding by Ron Santo broke off a big inning for New York in the fourth inning. made a strong bid to win the first game with a home run. Low and inside it's ball three. Ellsworth behind now on Charlie Smith. Three and nothing. Now Don Elston is warming up for Chicago. Casey had sent Altman up to bat for Cisco. The game tied 1-1. He hit a fly ball to put Clemens back on the track in that opening ball game. Now the 3-0 delivery. Low inside. Ball for him. And let's have two men on. That's the second walk given up by Dick Ellsworth, and it brings up Eddie Crane Booth. <laughs> In the fourth inning, Eddie hit a line drive into a double play, but he really tagged it. It was the play of the day by third baseman Ron Santo that turned the line drive that appeared to be going for a base hit into a double play. Runners on first and second. Nobody out looking in. The infield anticipating a butt. Breaking ball outside. One ball and no strikes. That's two and the Cubs nothing. Last of the sixth inning. New York winning the opener two to one in ten innings. pitcher on the way, and it's off the outside corner. Two and over the count on Eddie Cranepool. Chris Canizero is the on-deck batter. Now the 2-0 delivery. Low and outside is ball. No, check that. A strike on the outside corner of the knees. Beg your pardon. Two and one, the count on Eddie Cranepool. Eddie's single to left, driving home George Altman with a winning run in the 10th inning of the first game today. up in pitching position. Delivers two and one. Foul ball lofted over the visiting dugout and back into the field box area. Well, the next time the Mets wind up a homestand here at Shea Stadium, they'll be winding it up against the Milwaukee Braves. They play the Giants, the Dodgers, Houston on Labor Day, and then the Braves, and when that doubleheader is over, 
Johnny McCarthy and the ground crew will have exactly 48 hours to make all the changes necessary to get CA Stadium ready for a football game. Count two and two on Ed Crane Bull. Here's the pitch to him. Ground ball whacked on the right side. Taken by Amalfitano. Played to second for one. Back to first and not in time. Jimmy Stewart rifling the ball over to Andy Rogers in time for a force play on Charlie Smith. But Cranefield reaches safely on the fielder's choice. And now the Mets have runners at the corners. and third. One man away. One run is in on George Altman's home run. Chris Canizaro has a single and double in two times at bat. Chris hitting at 320. In comes the pitch. Foul ball out of play. Over to the right side into the crowd. to Canizaro and off speed delivery a little bit high one ball and one strike that's hoping to win this one and wind up their best homestand of the year they lost the first three games of the homestand to Philadelphia but then last Sunday Galen Sisko got the Mets going when he went all the way to cool off the Phils Mets went on to win five in a row lose yesterday three to two but come back to win the first game here today two to one one delivery. Hit high in the air down the right field line. It's going foul. No play for Doug Clements. So Ellsworth in front on the count now with a count of one ball and two strikes. At Comiskey Park, the Orioles are going for a sweep of the four-game series. In the nightcap of the doubleheader, they lead one nothing after three. Steve Barber against Gary Peters. He holds up in time. It breaks inside and low. 2-2 on Chris Canizaro. Well, the Orioles had every right to be a downhearted ball club as they went into Chicago. They had just lost Boog Powell, their star outfielder and home run hitter, for a 30-day period. But to their credit, they have rallied their forces. They have won the first three games from Chicago, and they're trying to sweep the doubleheader. Now the 2-2 delivery. Just got a piece of it on a change-up breaking ball. Count remains at two and two. First game here today, an overtime ball game. The Mets beating the Cubs in the 10th inning. Runners at first and third. Two-two delivery. Foul pop-up. Looking for a play as Jim Schaefer, but it's out of his reach. So the count remains at two and two on Chris Canizaro. Dennis Ryback occupying the on-deck circle. Dennis will be up next. 
Cubs have the infield hoping for a shot at two, but the second baseman, Jimmy Stewart, is playing toward the hole on the right side of the diamond, playing Canisaro as a right field hitter. The 2-2 delivery. Just got a piece of it on a foul ball. A quick pass for a station break. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're tuned to WGY, WGFM in Schenectady. Bob Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner. Dennis Arrow, the hitter, with a count of 2-2. Runners on first and third, one man out. Mets leading 2-0. We're in the last of the sixth inning. Now the pitch. Hit in the air at a right field, not too deep. Tagging up at third now is Jim Hickman. The catch is made. Here comes Hickman. Here co- the throw is going to second base, and the run is in. Clemens deciding not to try for him. Instead, elected to keep Crane Poole out of scoring position, and the Mets lead 3-0. And a run batted in for Chris Canisaro on the sacrifice fly. Good hand now for Dennis Ryback. Dennis got his first Major League base hit in the fifth inning when he hit one through the hole to left field. Ground ball hit down to third. Good play by Santa on a bad hop. He throws the second. Force play on the side is out. What a game at third base. Ron Santo was playing. That ball was a bouncer, but suddenly it became a roller, and Santo had to react quickly. Two runs in on two hits, including a home run by George Altman. No errors, one left on. Now at the end of six, New York, three runs, nine hits, and no errors. Chicago, no runs, two hits, and no errors. And now for Viceroy Cigarettes, and to describe the remaining action for you in the high cap of this doubleheader, here's Lindsey Nelson. All right, Bob, you know, we really get a boot out of bringing the games of uh, the New York Mets, and I like talking about Viceroy, too. There's nothing easier than telling folks about something you yourself enjoy, and I'm telling you I enjoy Viceroy. Viceroy's really got the taste that's right. You know why? Because Viceroy is scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong like some brands that taste as if they didn't have a filter at all, and not too light, like others that keep you smoking one after another, trying to satisfy your taste. Viceroy is not too strong, not too light. Viceroy has got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. Next time, pick up a pack, or better still, get a carton of Viceroy. Take it from me, you'll like them. Viceroy has got the taste that's right. We're going now to the top half of the seventh inning, and it'll be Billy Williams up to lead off for the Chicago Cubs. Dennis Ryband started for the New York Mets, and he's been in there all the way. Williams has grounded out third to first, and he is flat out to center field. He is it safely in ten straight games. Out into the motion and the pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung out and hit deep to right field. Way, way back. Going, going. And this one is gone for a home run for Billy Williams. He has hit safely in 11 straight games. It is his 27th home run of this season. He has now homered in every park in the National League. That is the first Chicago run of this game. It's the Mets three and the Cubs one. 
Dennis Ryback had retired 16 consecutive batters through the sixth inning until that leadoff home run by Billy Williams here in the top of the seventh. Now Ron Santo is up. There's a swing and a miss on a breaking ball for strike one. Ron Santo is one for two in this game. He legged out of base, hit the short in the first inning. Nuts three, Cubs one. About pitches low, dug out of the dirt by Chris Canazaro. And again, Ryback deals. Pitches swung on and lined in the left field for a base hit. So Sandor is on at first, nobody out, and Lynn Gabrielson's coming up now for the Cubs. He has been up twice, grounded out both times. We're going to get a little action now in the Met bullpen. Larry Benares gets up to throw. Gabriel turns a left-hand batter. behind the runner at first as Gabrielson now calls time he wants the rosin bag and he gets it and Robin wants another ball and he gets it out in the mid bullpen Bill Hunter gets up to throw along with Larry Bernard Hunter finished up was the winning pitcher in the first game of today's doubleheader won by the Mets 2-1 to in 10 innings now Robin's getting set to work and the pitch is low, and it rolls a few feet away from Canizero. He recovers, throws on to first, not in time, as Ron Sanders back safely. Canizero walks out now to say a word to young Dennis Ryback. Retired by the young Met right-hander. Ryback checks and deals. And the pitch is line. Foul on the right field line. Out of play. Ryan Sando doesn't know that. And he is digging. And he's coming on to third. And finally he sees the sign of Berlin Walker, the coach, and holds up. He doesn't know it's a foul ball. Now he is being told it's a foul ball. And uh, he looks all around before he goes back. And uh, he's still not sure of it. He's not going to believe it until he is told definitely. And now... Sandor head back across the first base. After the battle, the left-hand batter, of course, that ball was ripped down the line, and uh, when it passed the area where Sandor was, uh, it was fair and uh, hit foul down the line, so it was foul ball, but Sandor just kept digging because nobody told him. One and one to Gabrielson. Pitch is in there for a call, strike two, one and two. (laughs) 
Davidson's playing first base in this game. He is a combination outfielder first baseman. Babak steps off the rubber, and Gabrielson steps out of the batting box. Now we're getting set to go once again. Banjo takes his lead. The one-two pitch, and it misses low and away. Two-two. Two-two delivery. Swung on and golf foul on the ground back of first base. Well, Sandro again has to come back first. Crowd sort of picks him up here now on uh, the waist motion. Again, Gabrielson wants the rotten back. And the banner contest today, 1,031 entries, some of them carried by one person, not very many, actually. A lot of them by two, and a lot of them by four, and it looked to me as though uh, some of them by a platoon of people. That means there were several thousand people involved in the preparation of banners to be brought out here today, and paraded as they were. 2-2 two, two pitch. Swung out and hit deep to right. That's going to be out of here. Going, going. And it is a two-run homer, and this is a 3-3 three, three ball game. Sanzo coming on around, and Gabriel Turner has hit his third home run of the season. Uh, that one was boomed way back deep in the bullpen by Gabrielson. Still nobody out, and Casey Singles on the way to the mound. Two homers on the singles so far this inning off Dennis Ryback. And it is the Cubs three and the Mets three. Billy Kahn will be coming up. He's been up twice and struck out both times. Van goes to the bullpen. That'll be all for young Dennis Ryban as the roof fell in on him here on the top half of the seventh inning. It's going to be Larry Bernard brought on. Bernard was in the first game today for one inning in which he allowed no runs on, no hits, struck out none, walked none. Ryback pitched six innings. He has faced three men here in the seventh. He has given up three runs on five hits. He has struck out three and walked none. And Benares is making the walk in now. And as he makes the walk in, to check us out on scores of other games, here's Ralph Kynan. All the Philadelphia Phillies picked up a full game on Cincinnati Ball Club by winning over Pittsburgh 9-3 to in their only game today. The winning pitcher was Jim Bunning. His record now 14-4. and Losing pitcher was starting pitcher Joe Gibbons. Richie Allen had two home runs in the game for the Phillies as 22nd and 23rd. Castriandos also home run for Philadelphia. And for the Pirates, Van Denen and Kometi had home runs. Phillies now lead over Cincinnati seven and one half games. The Giants, if they win, could be in a tie for second place, seven and a half games behind. And at the end of eight and a half innings, it's St. Louis two, San Francisco two, for the Giants batting in the bottom half of the ninth. Gordon Richardson on the mound for the Cardinals against Bob Shaw now. The starting pitches for Ray Sadecki and Gaylord Perry. Lou Brock had a home run in the eighth inning with no one on to tie up the ball game for the Cardinals. And the Dodgers defeated Cincinnati one to nothing. The winning pitcher Phil Ortega, he went all the way, winning his sixth ball game. He gave up only three base hits. Jim O'Toole was the losing pitcher. He, along with John Saturas, gave the Dodgers only six. 
Milwaukee scheduled in Houston. In the American League, New York defeated Boston 4-3. Baltimore defeated Chicago 7-3 in the first game of their doubleheader. Wally Bunker, the winning pitcher. In the second game, Baltimore won Chicago nothing after four and a half. Steve Barber on the mound for the Orioles against Gary Peters. Kansas City defeated Washington 3-1 in the first game of their doubleheader. Seguini, the winning pitcher. In the second ball game, it's Washington 7, Kansas City 4 at the end of 7. Wyatt and Klein, the opposing pitcher. Cleveland over Los Angeles, 6-4 in the first game of their doubleheader. In the second game, Cleveland 3, Los Angeles 2 at the end of 8. Brunette and Kralik now, the opposing pitchers. Minnesota defeated Detroit, 6-5. The winning pitcher, Worthington. The losing pitcher was Gladding. In the second ball game, Detroit 2, Minnesota nothing after 1. Mudcat Grant on the mound against Hank Gary. Gates Brown, a home run for Detroit with a man on base for the two runs. In the Yankee ball game, the winning pitcher was Jim Bowden. His record now 14 and 11. The losing pitcher was Wilson. Mantle and Tillman home runs. Mantle his 27th of the year. And now that's the scoreboard once again, Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph. And Billy Cowan is up now, lead or, or rather the bat four of the Cubs with nobody on and nobody out. Facing Larry Bernard. Dennis Ravin works six innings, face three men here in the seventh. It's a swing and a base hit in center field for Billy Cowan. Jim Hickman over up with it, plays it back in, and it's the fourth consecutive hit in this inning for the Chicago Cubs. Brings up catcher Jim Schaefer. He just slides the center and fouled out to the catcher. Cubs three and the Mets three in the top half of the seventh inning. Second game of the day, Sunday doubleheader. The Mets won the first game, two to one in ten innings. Bill Wakefield is up and throwing in the bullpen for the New York Mets, along with Bill Hunter. But now he throws over to first, not in time, as Billy Cowan gets back safely. And Bernard starts, and the pitch he squares to butt, doesn't offer, it's high and away. 1-0 and is the count to Jim Schaefer. Cubs had an idea that time of having him, him sacrifice to move Cowan along in the scoring position at second in what would represent the go-ahead run. But now it's again checked. And it's a pitch out. Nothing on, 2-0. for a right-hand batter. Here's the pitch, and it's inside. So now Bernard has gone behind. 3-0 to Jim Schaefer. Andre Rogers is waiting on deck for the Cubs. 3-0 pitch, and it's low. He walked him. So that moves Cowan to second. Schaefer's on it first. There's still nobody out, and Andre Rogers is coming up. Rogers has grounded out third to first and flat out to right field. Rogers touched back now to get a sign from Coach Berlin Walker at third base. Mets have to defend against the probability of a sacrifice here. Score tied 3-3, top of the seventh. Nobody out, runners first and second. 
And now first off the stretch on the pitch to Rogers. Squares the butt, offers it's a strike, throw to second, and send me on one half. The runner's back safely. Second on one half by Charlie Smith as Billy John got back safely. Vic Rosnowski is being brought in from the bullpen now with pitcher Dick Ellsworth two up next. Don Elston is throwing in the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. Score tied, 3-3. Abenard checks, and the pitch he squares the bunt, tries and fouls it off. So it's a two-strike count now to Andre Rogers. St. Louis Cardinals and the San Francisco Giants have completed nine innings, tied 2-2, so they go to the tenth. Right now it is Schultz against Shaw. Brock got an eighth-inning home run for the St. Louis Cardinals. Right here it's a 3-3 ball game. Runners lead at first and second. Two-strike delivery. And away. He wasn't offering the bat that time. He was set to swing away. It's one and two. And this is a one-two pitch. Missing outside. And it is two-two. Cleveland Indians have taken both ends of a doubleheader from the Los Angeles Angels. They won the first game 6-4. Luis Tiat got his seventh win, and they won the second game 3-2 as Jack Kralik managed his tenth win. His 2-2 offering swung on it on the ground to shortstop. Taken by Charlie Smith over the hut for one to relay the first to double play. Moving on to third is Billy Cowan. Ellsworth is still up now. And he is peeling off the jacket in the on-deck circle. And Ellsworth is going to bat for himself. A runner at third. Two men out. He has been called out on strikes and flat out center field so far. Charlie Smith started the double play, playing shortstop in this game as the uh, Mets rest their veteran shortstop Roy McMillan. Pitch to Ellsworth. There's chop right off the plate and it's a foul ball. Strike one to Ellsworth. The Cubs are resting their veteran first baseman Ernie Banks in this the second game of the doubleheader. We're in the top of the seventh here. Starts the motion. And the pitch is low. One and one. This is a one-one delivery. Inside. Two and one. Check it. Check it. It's a call strike. As Shad Crawford made the strike call, it is one and two. On, 
Ellsworth stepped back. Now back into the batter's box. This is a one-two delivery. Struck him out to retire the side. So we're in the top of the seventh. The Cubs got three runs on four hits. There were no errors and one left. Score at the end of six and a half innings. There's the Cubs three in the midst three. Now here's a word to the wise about the smart size and beer. These are thirsty days, my friends. In this, the year of the big election, the big discussions, it takes a big buy in beer to quench a big thirst. And along the Rangold beat, your big buy in beer is Rangold Extra Dry in the big value quart bottle. Take advantage of the Rangold Doubleheader Special. More beer for your money, less money for your beer. Reach for the big one. Rangold in the economical quart size bottle. As good to your taste as it is to your thirst. Look for the Rangold Doubleheader Display at your favorite store with the Aradonk, the elephant, and the donkey. seventh inning and it's top of the batting order up for the New York Mets, Bobby Klaus. He had two hits in the first game. He's had one in this game. He is one for three. Dick Ellsworth started, still in there for the Chicago Cubs. The Mets had a three-run lead, but it didn't last very long because the Cubs came right back to get three in the seventh, and that's where we are right now, 3-3. Three, three. Starts the motion, pitch to the right hand batter. Is a breaking ball low for ball one. <laughs> Chicago Cub defense plays foul straight away. That's low and away for a ball two and oh. waiting on deck here in the bottom of the seventh. 2-0 pitch. Run and hit foul back at first. It's given a run by Gabrielson over near the stands, and he can't get it. It's about a half a dozen rows up in the seat. Starts the motion. Pitch it on, hit deep to left. It's way back, chased back by Williams, but this one is a home run. Back cross, a home run that hits the pole, and Bobby Cross comes around with his third home run of this season. The Mets are out in front. They'll score a four to three. For Bobby Cross, that is his first home run as a New York Met, and it could not have come at a better time, I think.
The question was whether or not it would stay fair, and it did as it mixed the five Kennedy is at the mound to make a pitching change here. That is all for Ellsworth as he has given up a leadoff home run to Bobby Clark. It is Don Elston, the right-hander, who is coming on here now. And for Ellsworth, he has pitched six innings and he's faced one man in the seventh. He has allowed four runs on ten hits. He has struck out two and walked two. And Elston is the batter. Here's the pitcher. He is making his 38th appearance. He has a record of two wins and one loss. Don Elston has pitched 41 in the third innings. He has given up 46 hits, 25 runs. His earned run average is 4.61. He has been credited with only one save this season. He almost got into the first game. He and Leroy Gregory were warming up down the bullpen in the tenth inning, and Kennedy made the sign down there, and with two right-hand batters coming up, it was presumed by the bullpen that they wanted the right-handed. Elston walked out there about 40 feet and then was politely told they didn't want him at all. It was Leroy Gregory because they were going to walk. Hunt and Christopher and let the left-hander pitch to the left-hand batter, Cranefield. So Elston marched back to the bullpen. This is his first appearance then of the day. Ellsworth marches off into the dugout of the Chicago Cubs. And Elston will be pitching to Ryan Hunt, Joe Christopher. Nobody out for the match here in the bottom half of the seventh inning. Don Elston, in recent years, has been a workhorse for the Chicago Cubs. Losing pitcher in the first game was Bob Buell. He was losing pitcher of record, although when the winning run was scored, uh, it was scored off Gregory. In 1962, Don Elston, for the fifth straight year, led the Cub pitchers in appearances. He was in 57 games uh, that year. And he was in 51 games last year. And as of right now, he has been in 38 games. So this fellow gets in uh, a lot of work in the course of the season with the Chicago Cubs. He was traded to the Dodgers in 1955, but the Cubs acquired him back in 57 for pitchers Jackie Collum and Vito Valentinetti. Now Ron Hunt is coming up for the Mets. Now the center flag to left. Into a force play. Elston pitches low in the dirt. Dug up back at the Jim Schaefer's ball one. Hey, remember, Viceroy is not too strong and not too light. Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the pace that's right. That's four, Cubs three. This pitch is low for ball. Two and on out of Ron Hunt. motion and the pitch is in for a call strike two and one to Ron Hunt who doubts it. That's about four runs on ten hits. Cubs have had three runs on six hits. Two one pitch to Hunt. Foul back off the screen out of play. It is now two two. 
Joe Christopher waiting on deck. Sterling Slaughter's up and throwing again in the bullpen now for the Chicago Cubs. and looks in. And here's a 2-2 pitch, and he is called out on strike. First strike out for Elster as he gets out. We're going to step out for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're tuned to Mets Baseball on WGY, WGFM in Schenectady. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Steiner and Bob Murphy here at Jay Stadium in New York. Al Jackson is throwing in the bullpen now for the New York Mets. As Joe Christopher comes up. One man out, nobody on base. Breaking ball swung on and foul. Right off the end of the bat, down the first baseline. Down a strike one. Side out of play for a count of two strikes. Now to Joe Christopher. Joe had one hit in the first game. He is 0 for 2 in a walk in this one. And here's a two strike delivery. Breaking ball misses way outside and low. One and two now. There, Christopher. There's a trophy game here tomorrow night. And then the Mets uh, will not be back at Chase Stadium until September 1st. That's a Tuesday night when they play the San Francisco Giants. Here's a swing and a foul ball. Now it holds to Christopher. One and two. The victory by the Mets in the first game here today was their 41st victory of this season. The year before last, the first year the Mets were organized, they won only 40 games the entire season. Last year they won 51. Here's a 1-2 pitch. Swung on it on the ground to second base. Jim Stewart up with it. Plays on the first in time. Two away. That'll bring up George Altman who scored the winning run in the first game in the bottom of the 10th after having a leadoff double, and he's had a bunt base hit and a home run in this game. So Altman gets a little reception as he comes up here to the plate. He asked uh, umpire Shag Crawford, look at the ball, and it's bounced up there by Don Elston. Back in the glove of 
Jim Schaefer. Strike one. the Cubs three in the bottom of the seventh. There's a pitch high for a ball. It's one and one. Let up. A one-one delivery. Popped up behind the plate. Schaefer gets rid of the mask, looks for a play, and he's got one. He makes the catch. So Elston comes in to get the side out after Klaus uh, boomed the leadoff home run. The Mets got one run on one hit, no errors, none left. And the score at the end of seven full innings is the Mets four and the Cubs three. Here's Lindsay. Thank you very much, Ralph. Jim Stewart is up. He punched the ball, but Nice is over up with it. Throws on to Greenpool, and he's safe as the ball rolls away, and Jim Stewart is on his first base. The nice throw was a little low, and Greenpool uh, tried to scoop it, and it rolled on by him a few feet. We'll await the official scorer's decision. He says face hit. A butt face hit for Jim Stewart. Crowd is not in full agreement, as you can hear. And now Doug Clemens is up for the Chicago Cubs. Never run around at first and uh, trail by a run, so the Mets will have to protect against the possibility of the sacrifice here. Bill Wakefield is up and throwing now in the Mets bullpen, along with Al Jackson. Here's a big swung on, fouled off to the left side and out of play. Strike one to Doug Clemens, who doubles. Grounded out to first base and flat out to left field. First base, Jim Stewart takes the lead. A nice pitch on line back to the box out into center field for a base hit. Stewart round second on his way to third. There'll be no play on him there. He goes in standing. Hickman relays the ball in and quickly the runners at first and third and J.C. singles on his way to the mound. That one was slashed on a line back through the box. So the old professor again uh, signals for the left-hander. That would be Al Jackson down there in the bullpen. He'll be coming into a situation of runners at first and third. Nobody out. The Mets leading 4-3. A tough spot. He'll be pitching the left-hand batter, Billy Williams. And here comes Jackson. Jackson coming in to make his 32nd game appearance of this season. He has a record of seven wins and 12 losses. An earned run average of 4.59. This is his eighth appearance in relief this season. Your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen. Bernard. Pitched an inning and faced two men in the eighth. He's allowed no runs, three hits, struck out one and walked one. He is responsible for two runners on base. And little Al Jackson is the pitcher. Bernard 
walked off the mound, head down over to the mid dugout. Casey Stengler is out there now, filling Al Jackson in on the situation. And now, here is the final score. The San Francisco Giants have scored one in the bottom of the tenth to beat the Cardinals by a score of three to two. Billy O'Dell gets the win for the Giants, and Barney Schultz takes the loss for the Cardinals. Lou Brock at home in the eighth with nobody on. So that moves the Giants into a second-place tie with the Cincinnati Reds, and they're seven and a half games back of the league-leading Philadelphia Phillies, who beat the Pittsburgh Pirates today by a score of nine to three, as Cincinnati was losing to the Dodgers. One to nothing, and Milwaukee is at Houston tonight. So all the scheduled afternoon action in the National League has been concluded, with the exception of this, the second game of this doubleheader here at Shea Stadium in New York. In case you've just joined us in the last few moments, the Mets defeated the Cubs in the first game of today's doubleheader by a score of 2-1 to one in 10 innings. Winning run was scored in the bottom of the tenth when George Altman led off with a double and was eventually singled home by Ed Cranepool with the winning run. Bill Hunter got the win in relief, although Galen Sisko pitched eight innings of fine baseball for the Mets and was removed for a pinch hitter with a score tied 1-1. Right now in the Mets bullpen, Bill Hunter and Bill Wakefield are throwing as Al Jackson has come on here in relief. And he is in a tough spot to try to prevent the Chicago Cubs from... Getting the run that'll tie the game. It is four to three. The Mets lead by one run at this point. And Billy Williams is up. He had a leadoff home run in the top of the seventh. He's left-hand batter. The Mets keep Charlie Smith and Ron on a double play depth. Jackson's pitch. Swung on. Hit on the ground to second base. Hut goes to Smith for one. The throw to first. And he's safe at first base and the run scores. The call is safe at first. The run scores. It's a 4-4 ball game as they got Doug Clemens. That's the Charlie Smith with the relay to Cranville. Not in time. Uh, Billy Williams used his speed to beat the relay. And accordingly, he gets the run by the end. That run is charged against Larry Bernard. Story tied, 4-4. Ron Sandor is up. He's 2-3 for three in this game. The Cubs 4 in the mid fourth. Now Jackson sets and deals. Outside for a ball. It's Ron Sandor shortened up as though to bump the ball. Ernie Banks has moved out to the on-deck circle now for... The Chicago Cubs with left-hand batter Lynn Gabrielson due up next, and he's playing first base in this game. Ernie Banks has been sent out on deck. Jackson sets and deals, and pitches it on the ground to shortstop. Charlie Smith charges up with his left to go to first in time. That was a high hopper, and he took it on a half hop and had no chance to get Williams, who was often winging, so he played it on to first to get Sando. Williams moving to second, two away. Ernie Banks now batting for Lynn Gabrielson. Gabrielson had a two-run homer in the top of the seventh to tie the game at that point, 3-3. But head coach Bob Kennedy here goes to the right-hand batter against left-hand pitcher Al Jackson.
Jackson looking into the dugout, pointing to first to see if they want to put him on. And he's going to be intentionally passed. Ernie Banks is going to be intentionally walked with Billy Cowan due up next. First base open. Score tied 4-4. Ball two to Ernie Banks. And outside ball three. Catcher has to remain within the catcher's lines until the pitcher pitches, and then he moves out. Most the time, he used to just set himself out there and stay. Here is ball four. Banks goes to first. Billy Williams holds at second base, and Billy Cowan is coming up. Cowan struck out, struck out, and lined a single into left center. We're in the top half of the eighth inning. Jackson up and set with runners leading at first and second. Pitch to the right hand body hit on the ground to third. Taken by Klaus. He goes across the green pool in time. And Jackson gets him out of the inning with only one run scored. On two hits. No errors and two left. And the score at the end of seven and a half innings is Cubs four and the Mets four. You know, sometimes on a day like this, my throat gets pretty dry sitting up here announcing a Mets doubleheader. But what really gets me good and thirsty is talking about Rheingold beer. And it doesn't help at all when I get to imagining myself going to the refrigerator and opening up an ice-cold bottle and watching that beautiful beer foam and bubble as it pours out into the glass. And then there's that first taste. Mm-hmm. Smooth, crisp, extra dry. That's why Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst. So all you fans out there along the Rheingold beat, remember this. You're in the driver's seat. Don't waste time imagining how good a Rheingold would taste. Reach out and pour yourself one right now. Then you'll know why Rheingold is as good to your taste as it is to your thirst. Rheingold after Rheingold. For the Chicago Cubs, Ernie Banks stays in the ball game at first base. That will send up Jim Hickman, who is two for three in this game. Hickman's batting 247 for the season. He's had nine home runs. Don Elson, of course, is a Chicago pitcher. with the pitch to Hickman and it is low for a ball. Charlie Smith in the on-deck circle. Bottom half of the eighth and if you're the home team this is when you like to get a run in a tie ball game. Of course you like to get it any time you can for that matter. But if you get it in the bottom of the eighth then you have only to retire the side in the ninth to get your win. Elson looks to Jim Schaefer for the sign. And here is the 1-0 delivery. It's on the outside corner for a cold strike. One and one. Banner day at Shea Stadium. 
We've had a little activity here the last couple of days. 1-1 one, one pitch. Fair ball outside. 2-1. I don't know what that means. We have activity here every day. There's a ball game. All kinds of activity. Count to Hickman is two balls and one strike. delivery. Foul back and out of play. Well, the count is level at 2-2 two, two to Jim Hickman. Elston goes to the rosin bag. Cubs play Hickman straight away. Two, two, three. Low for the ball. It's three and two. So now we'll have a payoff pitch from Don Elston to Jim Hickman. It's on the way. Inside, he walked in a leadoff walk to Hickman, and Elston kicks it to dirt on the mound. First walk issued by Elston. Here's the Mets, the base runner here, with nobody out, and Charlie Smith up. Now, Charlie was called upon in a situation like this in the first game to sacrifice, and he pulled off a beautiful punt down the first base line. Cubs have to defend against the possibility of the Mets going for the sacrifice here with nobody out. Score tied 4-4, a runner on in the bottom of the eighth. Ed Cranepool is on deck. Nelson works off the stretch. Here's the pitch, squares the butt, and takes the pitch in there for a call strike. Banks charging from his position at first, Santo charging from his position at third. Leroy Gregory and Sterling Slaughter are throwing now in the Cub bullpen. Charlie Smith backs out of the batter's box to look down to sign man Don Hefner and see uh, what is on here on the next pitch. Now again, Hickman takes his lead. Pitch, he squares the butt and takes outside for a ball. It's 1-1. One, one. Smith was ready to push that one down the first baseline. He looks to Hefner again. It's a count of one and one now. Third base coach runs through the repertoire of signs and usually has a takeoff sign at the end of the repertoire so that the batter will have to look up the entire run through and not turn away when he sees the sign. That way it would be easy to pick up the sign. Santos way on the third base. He squares the butt down the first base line, and it is taken by the pitcher Elson. Throws to first, and he's out. Nice spot by Smith, covering uh, Jim Stewart at first base, and the sacrifice goes 1-4. But it moved Hickman into scoring position at second base, and Ed Creamfield is coming up. It was his single to left that drove in the winning run in the bottom half of the 10th inning of the first game. So Creamfield is in the spot to be uh, twice a hero. In this game, he had gone out on strike, lined into a double play, and was on on a field of strike. Mm -hmm. 
Nelson wants his catcher, Jim Schaefer, out there to go over something with him. Nelson goes back, picks up the rosin bag, looks around. He's up in sight. Pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung on and looped out into short left. Andre Rogers goes back and has it lined up. The shortstop makes the catch. Hickman holds it second. Two away. And now it'll be Chris Canizero to have a shot at getting Hickman in. Canizero has doubled, singled, and sacrificed. He had a sacrifice fly to drive in a run in the bottom of the sixth. Short side, 4-4. Canizero's batting average for the season right now is 320. He caught eight innings of the first game here today, and he has caught all of this one up to this point. Nelson up and set. This pitch. It's hot for a ball. Jackson kneeling on deck. Again, Elson to the rosin bag. Jim Hickman takes his lead at second base. Elson taking a long time to get the sign. Has it now. 1-0 pitch to Canizero. Low for a ball. 2-0. Down Elson again looks for that sign. Works off the stretch with a 2-0 delivery. Breaking ball and misses outside. So it goes three. Now he's trying to be exceptionally careful to count his error, knowing that pitcher Al Jackson is on deck. Arrow looks to Hefner to see if he has turned loose on a 3-0 pitch. Left-hander Bill Hunter is throwing in the Met bullpen. Ideas Elston, 3-0 delivery. Taken for ball four. It was a check swing, and uh, he held up for the walk. But Canizero goes to first for the baseline balls, and uh, time's gone down to the bullpen for a pinch hitter, and it could well be Jesse Gonder as Jackson goes back to the dugout. We're going to get somebody out of the bullpen to bat for Jackson. Uh, the Mets want to try to get a run in here in the bottom half of the eighth inning if they possibly can. Now Gander comes out swinging a bat. Jesse Gander is coming out to bat. Man was going down to the bullpen just in case he uh, happened to be there. He wasn't there. He was in the dugout and he's coming out now. Jackson pitched an inning in which he allowed no runs on no hits. Struck out none and walked one. Jesse Gander. Was in the first game as a pinch hitter. And he grounded out second to first. 
And his only time up, he stayed in the ball game as a catcher, but did not get up again. For the season, he's hitting 288 with seven home runs and 31 runs batted in. Don Elston now checks and deals, and here's a swing and a miss. Strike one to Jesse Gundy. Jim Hickman at second, Chris Canizaro at first base. Score tied, 4-4. Four, four. Taking his time. Goes to the Rosenberg for the second time. He's just uh, killing a little time here. In no hurry. So Jesse Gandhi steps out of the batter's box. Now Elson looks in again for the sign. Up and set. Strike one delivery. Turn on and miss and strike two to Jesse Gondar. Nelson goes quickly ahead of him. Runners lead at first and second with two men out. Playing a ground ball to first base. Ernie Banks takes it at the bag, steps on the bag for the out. Gondor is grounded out to first base unassisted. No runs, no hits, no errors, two walks, two left, and the score at the end of eight full innings is the Mets four and the Cubs four. Tomorrow night will be a big, big night here at Shea Stadium. It is the Mayor's Trophy game, and that one is played annually, of course, for the benefit of Sandlot Baseball in the city of New York between the Mets and the Yankees. It was resumed last year with the game being played last year at Yankee Stadium, and the Mets won it by a score of 6 2. So tomorrow night, so they'll have at it again. The game was scheduled to have been played here on June 15th, but was rained out. So dig up the rain checks. There were about 40,000 people in the stands that night, and come on out. General admission seats will go on sale at 5.45 tomorrow afternoon, $1.30 each. And uh, it figures to be a night for a lot of fun here at Shea Stadium. The Mets and the Yankees. Now Bill Hunter is coming in to pitch for the Mets. He was the winning pitcher in the first game. And he is coming on here now. Uh, Jackson pitched one inning and uh, got the Mets out of some trouble and was removed for a pinch hitter. As Hunter comes in to warm up, we go out for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're tuned to Mets Baseball on WGY, WGFM in Schenectady. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner at Chase Stadium in New York. In the top half of the ninth inning, the Cubs will send up catcher Jim Schaefer. Jesse Gondry stays in the ballgame as the catcher, just as he did in the first game. So Gondry will bat ninth, and Hunter will bat eighth in the net batting order, in case you keep that sort of thing. Jim Schaefer has slide to center. He has fouled out to the catcher and walked. Mets got a run in the fourth and two in the sixth to lead 3-0 in this game. 
Then the Cubs came right back in the seventh inning. A leadoff homer by Billy Williams, a single by Santo, and a two-run homer by Lynn Gabrielson had retired at 3-3. Bobby Klaus had a leadoff home run for the Mets to make it 4-3, but then the Chicago Cubs came back to get a run in the top of the eighth on a bunch single by Jim Stewart, a line single by Doug Clemens, and at that point, Al Jackson came off. Billy Williams hit the ball on the ground and was forced at second base, but Jim Stewart scored on the play, and uh, that tied it up again at 4-4. Hunter pitching, Gandhi catching for the Mets. Top half of the ninth inning, second game. The Mets won the first game, two to one in ten innings. Bill Hunter starts the motion, and the pitch is low for a ball. In the second game at Chicago, the White Sox got three runs in the bottom of the seventh, so at the end of seven innings, the White Sox three, the Orioles one. It's McNally against Peters right now. Baltimore won the first game, seven to three. 1-0 pitch to Schaefer, swung out and popped up to the right side. Joe Christopher is there. He makes the catch. Run away, and shortstop Andre Rogers, a right-hand batter, is coming up for the Cubs. Grounded out, third the first flag to right and hit into a double play. Don Elston is due up third in this inning for the Chicago Cubs. Action in the Cubs bullpen. It's Sterling Slaughter throwing out there. Here's the pitch to Rogers in for a call strike. Two men retired them both and got the win. Here is a 1 1 pitch. Swung out and missed. It's 1 and 2. Hunter looked for a sign. Starts the motion for the one-two pitch. Hit in the end of right field, and Christopher races back near the track. He's there now, and he makes the catch. Two away, nobody on, and pitcher Don Elston gets rid of the cross jet, gets the helmet. He's going to bat for himself. Stops to peel off the jacket in the on-deck circle where he had been waiting. He's been up only five times this year. He's had one hit. Relief man such as Elston doesn't get to bat many times. There's a fellow who's in his 38th game, and he's batting for only fifth, the fifth time this season. That pitches in for a call strike. Pitch. 
He bunts it back to the mound, taken by Hunter. Full pivot and tag on the crane for and Hunter gets the crowd out in order. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. And the score at the end of eight and a half innings is uh, Cubs four and the Mets four. I point taste the way you like a filter cigarette to taste, not too strong and not too light. Viceroy got the taste that's right. That's right. Viceroy is scientifically made to taste the way you'd like a filtered cigarette to taste. Not too strong, like some filter brands that taste as if they didn't have a filter. And not too light, like other brands that keep you smoking one cigarette after another, trying to satisfy your taste. Viceroy's not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the deep weave filter for the taste that's right. Deep weave filter, right. Not too strong or light. Ice point taste the way you like. A filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong. And not too light. Ice point's got the taste that's right. We're going now to the bottom half of the ninth inning. Joey Malfatana is playing second base now for the Cubs. Stewart has moved over to shortstop, so Malfatana will bat eight. And Andre Rogers is out of the ball game. Bobby Klaus is coming up for the Mets. He has had two hits in this game. He had two hits in the first game. He had a home run in the bottom of the seventh. His first home run is a Mets. His third home run of the season, he had two with the Cincinnati Reds. Don Elson stays in the ball game on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. The Mets try to pull it out in the bottom of the ninth. That's in for a call strike to Bobby Clark. In Chicago, going to the bottom of the eighth, second game of the double header, White Sox three, the Orioles one. In Elston, starts the motion, strike one delivery, and it is outside, one and one. Ron Hunt waits on Dyke. This is a 1-1 pitch, and it's inside low for a ball. 2-1 to Bobby Klaus. Klaus has hit 236 for the season with both the Cincinnati Reds and the New York Mets. Klaus can take a look around now before getting set to work again. Here it is, a 2-1 pitch. Swung on it on the ground. Foul turns up. Down the line and third. Could be for extra bases. Round first down. Holds it. Williams charges the ball and makes the peg in. So Frost wisely held at first with his third base hit of this game. His fifth base hit of the day. And Ron Hunt is coming up. Well, the Mets here are in a possible sacrifice situation. Bottom half of the ninth inning score. Tied 4-4. Frost at first and nobody out. That ball was slammed between Ron Santo and the bag, but Williams used his speed to get over and come up with it to hold Klaus to a single. Uh, 
Goes against the runner at first. Ryan Hunt waggles about as he waits. He's gone 0 for 4 in this game. Fly to center, fly to left, get into a force play, and was trial out on strike. Elston's up and set. And here's a pitch in there for a call strike. Hunt decoyed the button and had the bat cock, but did not swing it. It's strike one. Sandor started to charge from his position at third. Of course, uh, with Klaus on it first, Hunt's a good hit and run match. Joe Christopher waiting on deck. Bottom half of the ninth inning. Good swung on and chopped off foul. Two strikes to Ron Hunt. Hunt's batting average for the season, 309 right now. Shag Crawford comes around to brush off the plate. Elston again to the Rosenbach. And Don Hefner comes down now for a little direct communication with Ron Hunt. Hefner, the net coach, is third. Still talking to Hunt. Now Ron steps in with a count of two strikes. Bobby Klaus takes his lead at first base. It's a two-strike delivery. He squares the bat and pushes the bat down the first base line. It's taken by Banks. He plays to Amalfitano and a sacrifice on a third strike affected by Ron Hunt. Play goes three, four if you're scoring and it moved Bobby Carlson to scoring position at second base. Uh, Christopher can have a shot at him now. Nice spot by Ron Hunt as he pushed that one by pitcher Don Elston. He had no chance to feel it. Christopher walked, rounded out third to first. Flat out to right and rounded out second to first. He hasn't had a hit in this game. He had one in the first game. At Chicago now, the Orioles and the White Sox are through eight innings of the second game. The White Sox leading 3-1. The Orioles won the first game 7-3. And the Mets won the first game of the double had a year in 10 innings, 2-1, and they're trying to pull this one out in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Elston is up and set now. Klaus leads at second. The pitch to Joe Christopher. Swung out and fouled off for strike one. It rolls back. That ball hit the foot of umpire Sherry Crawford as he um, takes a walk around. In the first game, head coach Bob Kennedy elected to walk both Hunt and Christopher with Altman at third and let... Left-hand pitcher Leroy Gregory pitched the left-hand batter Cranville. Well, that strategy was all spoiled when Cranville sang the left to win the game. First base is open here. Altman is on deck, and uh, with pass at second, the Chicago Cubs are electing to pitch to Joe Christopher. Elston again is up and set. Strike one delivery, and it's way out, and it comes by, and moving on to third is Cloud. Stays back by Jim Schaefer. We'll get the official scores decision. I should imagine a wild pitch, but we'll wait. 
Wild pitch is the star's decision. That one was way outside and low, and Schaefer died for it, couldn't get it. That is a big, big base. Because here's what it means, among other things. The Cubs now must play the infield in, and your percentage of getting a base hit changes radically. Also, they may put Christopher on, and that's what they've got to do. But it's out of one and one, he's going to be intentionally passed. They also will have to play the outfield fairly shallow as well. Now here is ball three to Christopher. And he starts to first and is being called back. Joe lost count there and he's being called back and uh, there'll be one more pitch before he goes to first base. Of course that can happen because nobody pays much attention down there while the intentional pass is being issued. So nobody actually was calling out the ball to him. Now he goes to first. So here's George Altman. He had a double in the bottom of the fifth and scored the winning run in the first game. He's had a home run and a bunt single in this one. Christopher's on his first. Klaus is on his third. And he's going to be intentionally walked. So Bob Kennedy goes through his same old strategy with Jim Hickman on deck now. Hoffman is also being intentionally walked. Same strategy he employed in the first game. Let's see if it is with the same result. Here is ball three to Hoffman. So the intentional pass goes. So Hartman to load the bases with one man out. And now they call the infield in the shallow position because the fly ball to the outfield can end this ball game. Luke Klein, the coach, relaying the side of the outfielders. Come on in, play it shallow. They want to cut off the base hit because the long fly ball, even if caught, would be to no advantage because Klaus could tag and score and that would end the ball game. So it is infield in, outfield in. Hickman is at the plate. He can hit the long ball. Bases are loaded. Run man out. Elson pitch to Hickman. Misses low and outside. All right. Of course, if he uncorks a wild pitch in this circumstance, it's all over anyway. Now it's a third. Christopher is second. Hoffman is third. Crowd standing, let's go, Mets. This is a 1-0 pitch to Hickman. Swung out and hit in the air to short center field. Going out, he shorts up third. He makes the catch. Infield fly call. No advance. He didn't get it deep enough. He was jabbed. And now Charlie Smith is coming up. Hickman actually popped out to short. Infield fly was called as Jim Stewart playing short. Race back. Now brief coverage at the mound. Charlie Smith is coming up for the Mets. Had a single to drive and a run in the fourth inning. He is one for two, a walk and a sacrifice in this game. Now, of course, the Cubs can drop the outfield back to normal depth and the infield back to normal depth. So if the Mets are to win it and the bottom of the match, it is up to Charlie Smith now. Now the pitch is in for Carl Strack. Well, you know, the rules say that you must have a man on deck, and the Mets have one, Ed Cranville, but he really doesn't have a bat. He just has a leaded bat. He can't bat in this inning. There is no way he can bat in this inning. So if Charlie Smith gets on anyway at all, the game is over, and if he doesn't, the inning is over. 
Johnson working straight away with a strike on delivery. Fell out and missed. Right two to Charlie Smith. They're in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Score tied. 4-4. Four, four. The Mets have the bases loaded. Two men out. And quickly, Don Elson has two strikes on Charlie Smith. Elston kicks at the rubber. Looks around. Hitches at the bat. After his brow with his sleeve, takes off the cap. Puts the cap back on. Slips the ball over into the bare hand. Looks in for the sign from Jim Schaefer. Runners leading at first, second, and third. This is a two-strike delivery. Still out of hand to the left. It's going to be introduced and the game is over. A single in the left field and Charles is scored and the Mets have won it. In the bottom half of the ninth inning by a score of five to four and the New York Mets have swept the doubleheader by scores of two to one in ten innings and five to four winning it in the bottom half of the ninth inning. It was a single to left on a two-strike kick by Charlie Smith that won it as it scored five from third. Two men were on when the winning run was scored. And so Bill Hunter has been the winning pitcher in both games. He has been the relief pitcher who got the victory in the first game and the relief pitcher who got the victory in the second game. That, of course, ties a major league record because you cannot very well get more than two wins in one day. So here at Shea Stadium, the New York Mets have taken both ends of the doubleheader from the Cubs to take the series three games to one, and it is their 42nd victory of this season. <laughs> 